The Great Reset, Chemtrails, JFK, is Tupac really in Cuba? It seems that everywhere we turn, there's a new conspiracy that causes chills down your spine and makes you want to figure out how you can keep your family safe. Now, some of the most popular conspiracies can and cannot be verified. But on this video, I'm going to give you three verified conspiracies that are right under our nose that you should actually be worried about. Bruce Lawn. Cover-ups. Conspiracies. These are everywhere. And I'm going to give you guys three ones that are right under our nose that we just completely ignore. We look past. We look the other way. We don't have a ton of context for that are right under our nose that oftentimes we ignore and that oftentimes can have a serious implication on your day-to-day life. Some of these you probably have heard of. And make sure you watch till the very end because if you could overcome these first two, then odds are this third one will creep up on you. The biggest conspiracy that's right under our nose that's verified it's right in front of us that many of us look right the other way is what i call and many would call the educational student loan racket if you didn't know the education system which is encouraged many of us to go through higher education go and get your bachelor's then get your master's then get your master's master's then get your doctorate All of these things are usually paid for by federal student loans. Federal student loans are insured by the federal government. What does that mean? That means that federal student loan debt, which is a massive crisis right now, up north of a trillion dollars, cannot, cannot be wiped off if you file for bankruptcy. There's no negotiating them. They're with you forever, baby. It doesn't matter if you get some sort of uh, disability. It doesn't matter what happens in your career path. It doesn't matter if you got a degree in something and thought you were going to make 80000 a year. None of that matters. Those student loans are with you for the rest of your life. They're never going away. They don't tell you this. When you start going to college, you're encouraged to go to college. You're encouraged to get that degree. And this was me, man. I went to college and initially I had some grants because uh, I grew up poor. And then all of a sudden I was up in Cal State San Marcos, ran out of grants. And I started to get, I had to get some loans to finish my way through school. And those loans, before I knew it, added up. Nobody explained to me how interest worked. Nobody explained to me that these were things that were going to stay with me forever. Nobody explained to me this was not a good type of debt, that credit card debts, mortgages, those sorts of things. You can write those off in a bankruptcy, not student loan debts. Those are with you forever. And so what's happening right now is there's a massive influx of people who have a ton of student loan debt and they're entering the job market in the middle of a recession. Potentially a greater recession is coming because of the lockdowns, just like I did in 2008. And you're not really getting your bang for buck on your diploma. There's no ROI and they will loan an 18-year-old six figures to go to college and get a degree in sociology or psychology or theater, but they won't give an 18-year-old $10,000 to start their own business to get a business loan. This entire system is completely asinine, and so many people fall for this trap, and very few people know how it actually works.
And I think this is right in front of us. And this is not something that like is a hypothetical, this could one day affect you. The uh, vibrations in the music, the entertainment industry with subliminal messages. No, no, no. This is going to affect how you live your day to day. To me, this is one of the greatest systemic issues in our society right now. I think the entire industry is predatory. I think colleges are inflated with administrators. And I think the quality of education has not increased while the expense of education has went through the roof. And I promise you, if you're 18, 19 years old, do not, I repeat, do not, under any circumstances, go into student loan debt. That will follow you for the rest of your life. Slow your roll, really consider the decisions you make because the future you will appreciate the decisions that the younger you makes. And I'm specifically speaking to those folks that are 18, 19, 20 years old, looking at going to college, looking at getting a bachelor's degree. You really better do your research. You really better figure out what you're going to go to school for if you're even going to go to school and look at the alternatives of things like tech schools, of things like true and blue collar jobs, of not just following your quote unquote passion, but follow where the opportunity is in the marketplace. The second one is something that was just highlighted by YouTuber Jake Tran in a recent docuseries he did. And I wanted to highlight it. This channel is fire. I'll post a whole video, but I want to point out some of it and how much this impacts. If you're in America, this impacts almost everything around you and you don't even know it and it could have crazy ramifications on your health so while people are concerned about things that you have no control over this is something you can have some control over both of these first two you can have some control over so let's check this out so this video is called it's a cover-up it's on jake trans channel i recommend you guys really watch the full version check this out you wouldn't want to come across as anti-agriculture, would you? Here, let's make this innocent-sounding thing called the U.S. Sugar Program to protect our sugar farmers. And what do you know? In 2002, the first version of the U.S. Sugar Program was implemented. Little did the public know that this U.S. Sugar Program wasn't protecting the interests of some sweet farming family in California, but the interests of Big Sugar. The sugar cartels. And yes, he used the word cartels. Watch, watch how this was set up, and then I'll tell you exactly how this affects you day to day. The public was about to pay the price. Here was the pitch. Sugar demand is going down. We don't want to go out of business. So government, give us a loan so we can keep operating as normal and we'll pay you back once we sell the sugar. A fairly reasonable arrangement on the surface. The federal government would give loans to the major sugar producers using the sugar they make as collateral. Once the sugar producers produce and sold their sugar, they would then pay these loans back with interest. It was the perfect way to support American agriculture. And now, these billionaire sugar barons can never be accused of getting handouts from the governments. After all, they had to pay it all back with interest, right? But here's where it gets good. You see, in this new bill, it was agreed upon that if any sugar producers couldn't pay back their loans, they could default and offer the government actual sugar to make up for the lost money. The government could then take that sugar and sell it to ethanol producers to make their money back. This entire racket is insane, and it's again where the government is meddling into finances, it's meddling in the free market, it's meddling into our lives, and it's this idea that the government is in cahoots with the sugar cartels, buying, uh, loaning out money, getting it at an interest rate with the sugar, and then it's selling back, quote-unquote, it to ethanol producers, but that's not quite how it worked out. And this, by the way, made multiple people billionaires multiple times over. If sugar prices fell too low, the government would be losing money on the loans it gave out. And if all the sugar producers defaulted at the same time, the government would end up with tons of sugar worth less than the loans they had given to producers. It would be a financial nightmare. We can't let that happen. So the government's solution? Price fixing. Fix the price of sugar so it never goes low. That way, both big sugar and big government are in the clear. No risk. If the price and demand for sugar stayed high enough, all the sugar producers would be able to sell their sugar and pay back their loans with interest, earning the federal government a nice profit and making the sugar barons richer than ever before. This is how the government did it. 
First, the U.S. Department of Agriculture put a limit on who can farm sugar in America, which can so here's the government again mixing with who can farm, okay? Who can do what? Very cartel-like. These threats went only to a few of the country's biggest producers. Then they restricted imports of sugar from other countries, also very cartel-like. And then to make sure the approved sugar producers make just enough sugar to keep prices steady, the USDA controls how much sugar local producers can make, only enough to serve the need, never enough to cause a dip in prices, which sounds eerily similar to the Soviet Union. And if we end up with a surplus of sugar, well, the government will quickly buy it up, sell it to ethanol producers at a loss, all to prevent the price of sugar from dropping too low. And who makes up for the government's losses? Taxpayers, of course. We are a part of this racket, and we consume this stuff. Our sugar in America costs twice what it does in other parts of the world. We consume, on average, 150 pounds of sugar a year. That means if you weigh 150 pounds, you, on average, are eating your own body weight. You're consuming your own body weight in sugar every single year, and it's all subsidized through the government and this racket that they've created. And by the way, in America... Mental health issues are at an all-time high. Obesity is at an all-time high. Diabetes is at an all-time high. And this is a real issue that we don't even know that almost all the food you consume, even the halo healthy food that you think is good for you, has sugar in it. That salad dressing, that got sugar in it. That ketchup, that got sugar in it. The, the, the bread that you eat, got sugar in it. Why is this, why is this important? Well, because one... Sugar's not great for you. Two, sugar doesn't fill you up. And so what happens is if you're consuming it regularly, you aren't satiated. And so sugar is a high caloric, low volume food. And because we have all of this high caloric food, because sugar's in everything, we end up over consuming and we end up being one of the fattest nations. It takes a huge toll on our physical health. It takes a huge toll on our mental health. It takes a huge toll on our moods and our productivity and what we aren't and aren't willing to do in terms of grinding. This is a huge, huge, huge issue right in front of our nose. No one's paying attention to it because it's more fun to talk about abstract ideas and conspiracies that don't really directly impact you besides, oh, you know, you just got to you gotta be aware of what's going on out there. I'm telling you what's going on out there is they're sliding poison in almost everything. You're consuming at an all-time high. You're paying twice the premium for it, and it's taking a huge, huge, huge toll on your physical and mental health. And they did this like they did tobacco in the 1960s. They did this the same way that they marketed and tried to say cigarettes were great for you. And then they found out later that they weren't for you. They tried to say kids need to eat their cereal, sugary cereal, every single morning. Mm, stuff's awful for you. And we're not even thinking about it. And so that's the, that is the second obvious conspiracy right in front of us, right under our nose. Before I tell you guys the third one, I want to make sure you guys have an opportunity to partner with what we do here by signing up for our Patreon community. We just launched a new series over there for only $5 a month. You get exclusive content, you get discount codes, you get to call into our Zoom call on our Patreon. Sign up now. The link is in the description. The third one, say you stay out of debt. 
You don't go into student loan debt. You develop some useful skills. You don't uh, uh, live paycheck to paycheck because you got to pay back Uncle Sam. All those loans you took out for that degree you aren't really using. Say you avoid all that by the grace of God. Amen. Or say you're, you're fortunate like me to pay off all that student loan debt, which me and my wife did. $45,000 in 18 months. Incredible, incredible testimony that the Lord did in our lives. Say you're able to do that. Say you're able to, to get a hold of your health and your fitness and your you feel good, you feel productive, everything is going well in your fitness, you're working out, you're strength training, you're eating green food, you're eating high protein, you're cutting out the processed sugar. Okay, this is the third one that folks don't talk about enough. The third one that's right under you is once you start becoming slightly successful, once you start getting to a place where you have a little bit of extra money because you've been diligent, you've been saving, you've been giving, the third one that many people fall into is the consumeristic drive of lifestyle creep. If you didn't know, we live in a capitalistic society that has its pros and its cons. One of the cons is the desire to always want more, the desire to always want bigger, the desire to always want something nicer, the desire to always want more designer clothes, a bigger house, more more stuff, more toys, more technology. All of these different things will creep up on you because as people make more money, they tend to spend more money and then they never achieve actual financial freedom. And what is actual financial freedom? Financial freedom is not having any debt. Financial freedom is letting your money work for you in investments and assets that appreciate in value while you sleep. And financial freedom is ultimately having a piece of land that you own outright and you don't have to pay back anybody and pay rent for the rest of your life, okay? So that's what financial freedom is. But the issue is if you stay out of student loan debt, you stay healthy and you start making a little bit of money, you start doing better, what will happen is this idea of lifestyle creep, lifestyle creep, where at one point, man, you were content with driving a, a, a car that was, you know, a Toyota or, or a Mazda. And all of a sudden, man, that BMW looks much nicer. At one point, you were okay with a, a nice little three-bedroom house and everything was just, you know, the way you wanted it to be. And then what happens? Oh, I, I need a bigger house. The average house that was built in the 1970s was about a thousand square feet. Now, the average is like 2,000 square feet for most people. Why? We think we need more space. We think we need more, more things. We think we need more toys. And really what it is, is you're confusing what it is you need versus, versus what you've been marketed to. What it is you need versus what you've been told and advertised you think you need. So lifestyle creep happens. And you stay in that wheel of trying to keep up with the Joneses, of trying to have the nicer things, of trying to of, of trying to flex on people, of wanting the latest thing, of needing that new toy on Amazon, of needing that new piece of clothes, of needing that thing. When if you look at what the scriptures encourage us to do, they encourage us to lead a quiet life, to let our daily life win the respect of outsiders, to not live a life that is all about consumerism, to not live a life that is all about filling our wants and what we want and being addicted to junk food food, to not live a life that's all about taking out student loans and not actually understanding how money works and not understanding what we're getting ourselves into, to live a quiet life, to delay gratification, to make wise decisions so that we could be impactful on this side of eternity. So if you enjoyed this video, guys, make sure you smash that like button one time. And if you want to go a little deeper and understand better my journey of financial freedom, how me and my family got debt free, how I understand 
understood better how money worked, how what debt is, what debt isn't, how to develop useful skills, check out this video over here where we talk about Dave Ramsey, Grant Cardone, and the mentality that many of us miss when it comes to money. Appreciate you guys. Peace.